Oh, we have more likes than another podcast. Oh, I'm so happy. I, I, I didn't say that. I did. Just now. <laughs> We we are the top um, the top Google search thing now though. For Enter the Critic, yep. sweet. Yeah, just strictly Enter the Critic, and we're top. I cannot find. That's nice. <laughs> Why would it be ETC? Why do we even need that? Uh, you need <laughs> that acronym, bruh. Y'all down with the ETC? Who's acronym? Who's? That's never gonna come. Gotta up. build that shit up. <laughs> Rep, you got a good point. It, Thank you. It's Chris. a good point. <laughs> Yeah, it is a lot nicer than it. Hey, you know what, though? I'm worried about the audio quality. It's fine. I mean, it doesn't sound, like, awful. No, I'm talking about ours. <laughs> I just want to make sure ours sounds good. Worried. Theirs doesn't sound awful. Ours sounds probably better. Okay, I'll take that. By comparison. But theirs is probably amazingly easier to record because they probably literally have one of those $100 mics. That you just put in the center of a table and everybody sounds awesome. Oh. I just don't want to pay for Well, <laughs> so, uh, let's go up to our magical temples and yeah, pull down yeah. gold microphones Parker, out of are, God's are, nape. Are you are you hinting that you want me to go drop like some real dime on this bad boy? No, and, and it's probably not $100. It's more like I'm hinting at it. Oh, yeah. No, it's not worth it. And it's you should start paying us. <laughs> Where the Hell no, we won't stay. Hell <laughs> no, we won't stay. I, 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 I do like when uh, Jordan gave us that uh, uh, plug on the Ninjas vs. Podcast live episode. They're like, yeah, these guys spend a lot of movie on or a lot of money on movie tickets. They really appreciate please, it if you start listening. Listen. <laughs> please listen to them. And the first time when I heard that, I'm like, yeah, I, we do spend it on. Yeah. When at I least for Chris, he would already be spending that. Yeah, Chris, you would already be yeah, spending that. Yeah, I was already that. spending that kind I, of money. I saw like three movies last year, so. <laughs> I actually felt if really I could bad. I compensated <laughs> for like the I felt really bad when I asked to- you. <laughs> I was like, hey, you want to be a part of a movie podcast? You're like, do I got to see movies? <laughs> yeah. Are they free? Are the movies free? Yeah, Can I'm you like, make them free? No, you're going to be dropping 15 sometimes more. <laughs> <laughs> dollars a week. It's fine, Chris. I just, you know, when are the benefits going to start kicking up? <laughs> hey. Like I'm thinking, hey. like. They add dollars any minute. Yeah, add I was say, yeah. I'm, I'm fully expecting just the big money to come rolling in. No, I mean, like, workers' benefits. Like, <laughs> what's what's your health care plan? Health care, yep. Health care, well. Does um, it include dental? Because I need some things done. No, no, but it does include sensual <laughs> massage. So. That's part of your medical plan? Well, it's the only part. <laughs> it's the only thing. <laughs> here, here, kid, here's 15 bucks. Go to the uh, go to place down the street. Ask, no. ask for a happy ending. Ask for Gigi. She'll she'll take care of she, you. She's not actually going to give you a happy ending. <laughs> just trying yes. to make you. <laughs> You're going to get arrested. I, I just, <laughs> yeah, there may or may not be a sting operation going on there. <laughs> well, well, that's a remarkably inappropriate way to start this episode. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Enter the Critic, a podcast where each week we talk about movies, both new and on Netflix, as well as Matt going to a massage parlor. Which may or may not be an undercover prostitution (laughs) ring. Oh, this week we are discussing discussing the newly added to Netflix, Dread. 
My name's Chris With me, as always, is... I am the law. <laughs> Matt Schaefer. <laughs> Matt, yeah, the uh, law, I was Matt. just going to... No, for the rest of this podcast, <laughs> we have to refer to him as the law. The law. <laughs> I am the law. And, of course, Parker... Last name with L. <laughs> <laughs> Parker redacted. <laughs> Parker. <laughs> uh, but before we get into dread, let's talk about some trailers here. So the first trailer we saw was for a movie coming out in May 9th, 2014, called Neighbors. A couple with a newborn baby face unexpected difficulties after they are forced to live next to a fraternity house. Uh, okay. This movie stars Seth Rogen, Zac Efron, Lisa uh, Kudrow, um, Rose Byrne. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't just say actors' names without checking. With no, it's fine. It's fine. You're doing good. Um, so okay, this this trailer is very bizarre. It's it's uh, um, obviously Zac Efron is this young young college guy moves next door to. Uh, um, Seth Rogen, who kind of appears to be the the young young adult who used to be cool, but kind of adult, but still very much an adult. Doing yeah, yeah, who's, who's, who's a little bit re- removed from what the kids like. Yeah, uh, and then this his, it, it begins wife. a war of you know uh, like it, it, what what seems to be just some simple pranks end up turning into just some all insane, that warfare, yeah, all yeah. that warfare. Um, so I was I, when when I first saw the trailer, my my first thought was Zac Efron. Really? Okay. Do I have to start paying attention to him <laughs> as an actor? Um, but I know. I really like Seth Rogen. Um, particularly my like my favorite Seth Rogen uh, movie is Observe and Report. Um, which I have not seen. Oh, you need to see it. It's really good. I've heard it's very dark. It's oh, it's incredibly dark, but yeah. it's just so well done. Um, this one I could see getting a little dark too, to be honest. Yeah, because no, totally even in the trailer, which is probably just showing some of the lighter-hearted moments and you know slapstick funny moments, it starts escalating pretty quickly. Oh yeah, in absolutely. terms of the the things that are being done between uh, the two parties. And Zach Efron, I don't know. He looks he looks fine in this. Like he doesn't strike me as just a uh, you know cutie pooty uh, teenage. <laughs> you want to rethink that one? You want to rethink cutie where patootie. you're going? Sorry, sorry, cutie uh, patootie. Uh, I guess you know, I High School Musical star. He seems he seems like he's filling the role of this like you know college age uh, frat asshole. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I guess I'm just used to not paying attention to him and now i'm gonna have to and pay now attention you might have to, to. Well, oh have to. man it's so hard when you have to pay attention to new people that uh, you at first had I, I will say on. i will say seeing him dressed as travis bickle from taxi driver really it did make me chuckle yeah because <laughs> um, that that is that's not... actually the uh featured photo yep. on uh, imdb right now and it is a pretty funny image there's um, a guy standing behind him with what looks like a stuffed cat i i Yes, I have no idea. <laughs> Looks like a young Mr. Bean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's accurate. Uh, um, but yeah. But no, uh, while we were watching the trailer, I, I just thought like, yeah, the, the joke seems solid. I hope that those aren't the only funny parts. I hope there are more. It's always a legit fear with, with, comedy, uh, with trailers. comedy trailers. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, 
coming out in May 2014, it might uh, it might, might it might be worth it. So looking forward to it. Yeah, my biggest laugh probably came from the very end of the trailer uh where Seth Rogen is, you know, calling his wife and she's on the phone saying, "Honey, they took they took our airbags out of our car." Uh-huh. And I'll leave you I'll leave you listener to go watch the trailer and find out what happens. It but pretty much pretty goes the way you think it would go and it's still funny. It's it's pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, oh, we'll hold out a little hope for that. All right, the prophets have spoken. <laughs> the law has decided. Your You've judgment, been judged. Mediocre comedy. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> justice served. Moving on to uh, a little more serious uh, film. Uh, we saw a trailer for The Fifth Estate, a dramatic thriller based on real events. The Fifth Estate reveals the quest to expose the deceptions and corruptions of power that turned an internet upstart into the 21st century's most fiercely debated organization. And the individual that they're referring to is Julian Assange. Yes. Of course. Played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, sir. Uh, Also in this film uh, is Stanley Tucci. everybody Everybody loves a little Tucci. Just, oh, just, a just a little pinch of the tooch. <laughs> just a little pinch. <laughs> I, I may have pinched him one time at a press conference. Uh, oh, is he, that, is he it, liked it. Is that why I had to bail you out of jail that one time? Yeah. <laughs> is that what happened? He, he liked it, though. <laughs> so, this movie, the, the, the trailer looks incredibly dramatic. Yes, and it does. Seeing Benedict Cumberbatch as blonde is a little weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, Julian Assange is Australian, I believe. Yes, uh, I believe uh, that's the accent that he's doing, and so. I I don't know how as good as Benedict Cumberbatch is. I don't know how I feel about the accent, and it could just be because it's very limited in the in the trailer, and I'm not mm, hearing it yeah. enough. And I, maybe we'll I'll get used to it when I see the film, and it All actually right. is the character you know fleshed out. But uh, I can't stop hearing his, you know, very thick British accent oh, yeah, absolutely. coming coming through. Um, now, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is great, and he's great in just about everything he's ever been in thus far. I mean, I, well, do, do you not think this will be compelling? No, movie? I think it'll be. I think it'll be really good. But I'm I'm serious though the the accent thing like it did kind of bother me right no and that that could that could and ruin that's it for uh, me. you know that's a part of performance is being able to if you're playing a character with a different accent you know as good as Michael Caine is if you've ever seen a movie like uh, what's what's the Nick Cage movie that's where it's really bad. There's also the Cider House Rules. I think he's in that as yeah. an American. Yeah, he tries. Anytime an American he plays in that. an American, it just sounds like, it like sounds hey, like, like Jaws for the Revenge. Yeah, <laughs> Michael Caine trying to do an American accent just so- sounds like someone that has either had a stroke <laughs> or or is just not quite with it. Like they never re- like you, you. If you would meet an American person talking like this, you'd think like. Did you go to school? Did you learn how to like talk? Did your parents not really oh. teach you like language? Yeah, his his American accent is terrible. Good night, you sons of all, you princes of yesteryear. Mo- mo- most I'm it, it Michael Caine. Seems- <laughs> 
Most most uh, most British people who try to do an American accent end up sounding like a very slow John Wayne. No, on the contrary, I think a lot of British people are actually very good at doing American accents. Uh, a tribute to this is the new show, uh, Low Winter Sun, which comes on now after Breaking Bad. I haven't actually watched it, but T- I've seen T- parts TV. of it. It's a TV show. There's no place in the, in the okay. hollowed walls. I'm just saying, the the enti- basically the whole cast is British. And they're all playing Americans. Also, I guess I should. I guess I should state when when a British person does a bad. Yes, a- it's American very noticeable. Um, and I feel like it's because Michael Caine's just so like his accent is so ridiculous, like his natural speaking accent. That I feel like that's got to be. I hard mean, to come on, Alan Rickman in Die Hard. That's like the worst. Yeah, but that's just funny. That is. That is <laughs> I, funny. I like. I like when he when he does that, which is also really ridiculous when you think about he's. A British actor playing a German character, German character doing an impression American. of an American accent. Yep, yep. Layers. That's the worst. Layers. That's the worst. So, but anyway, accents aside, this does look very good. Looks, looks like it'll really, be yeah, it does look really good. quite gripping. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because Julian Assange is a very, very controversial figure. Yes, I yes, myself don't even know how I totally feel about him. So it'll be interesting to see how they really present him in the film when there's so much division about him as, as well, a Well, I mean, person. just going off the trailer, it seems like at first they paint him in this almost uh, heroic, like, heroic light. light and yeah. then uh, quite a little bit at the end of it, it's like the, uh, the people are pissed at him and, they're, and, and, and all, the, you know, all this drama is going on. And it's like even within ma- his own sort yeah, of, uh, yeah, group. Yeah. It seems like maybe they're not going to paint him in such a great light. Well, and, I th- I think in this situation like that, it's it's almost best to do show a little of both and kind of let, let the you audience come to decide. your own conclusions, yeah. not make him a true hero nor a villain, which I think is you know I think from the sense that we get in the trailer is what, what's gonna mm. gonna happen. Yeah, and again with with Benedict Cumberbatch starring, yeah, I mean it, it will at be at least it'll be a, a solid solid acting. I should so. also mention that Laura Linney's in this. I like Laura Linney a lot. I don't remember who she. Is in the trailer, but she is in it, so that's another reason. Yes, yes, she is in it. <laughs> so. But that's it for that. Moving on. What does the title mean? Do you have any idea? What, what the, the fifth, fifth estate? The fifth, fifth estate, estate is um, journalism. Journalism is the oh. fifth estate. All right. Well, let's uh, let's quickly move on so we can just end this. Can we please? <laughs> can we please review? Uh, M- the Muppet version of A Christmas Carol sometime. What? No. <laughs> Please. For our special if Christmas are, episode. If we are really, really, really scraping the bottom of the barrel, I might. If there are no good Christmas movies, we have to do a Christmas episode. Yeah. You'll agree with that. Yeah, but if, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to do Emmett Otter. I'm just saying. All right, well, hey, let, let's move on here. Let's get to the meat of this. So we reviewed Judge Dredd, the 1995 classic starring Sylvester Stallone. Rob Schneider, Diane Lane, the guy from Exorcist who plays the old priest. Yeah, that's not actually what we did. We, Despite how great that movie is. We, we, we didn't? It's, you, it's, it's we, good Which one did you watch? Uh, I watched uh, this old documentary called Dread. <laughs> it's about the, uh, the overfishing in uh, the lakes of Montreal. <laughs> Uh, it was very, very was, heavy, was really but compelling? really good. Really good. Well, so, I, I, I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about now. Yeah, this is bad because, I mean... I, wait, wait. 
No, you know what we should do? Let's just talk about the other Dread movie, the the kind of reboot, that the one that came out in 2012. You want to talk about that one instead? Because we've both we'll seen just, it. Yeah, I guess we'll just talk about that. Yeah, I honestly thought we were that. coming to this talking about the Sylvester Stallone. Well, and I thought we were talking about overfishing <laughs> in Montreal. So, whatever. <laughs> and I had a lot of notes. Thank oh, you very much. Oh. I took notes, Chris. You should have seen, I, I had at least two pages of notes up until I the part like where words, Sylvester Stallone but... just goes, I am law. <laughs> I am the law. No, no, he doesn't even say it like oh, that. No. I, I am oh, the no. law. I'm thinking of the other part, I'm thinking of the other part where, where, where he's in the scene with whatever the actor that plays the bad guy is where he's like, you betrayed the law. You broke the law. <laughs> and then the guy just responds, <laughs> You killed innocent people. The means to an end. You started a massacre. I caused the revolution. You betrayed the law. Oh, God, that movie's awful. <laughs> but in the best way. Yes, I would watch it. Yes, yes. But this movie is, we've, I feel like we've already done a review of this several times, but I'm glad that we're finally doing an official one. An official one. review. 800 million people living in the ruin of the old world. Only one thing fighting for order in the chaos. Judges. There's drugs like nothing I've ever seen. If we play this right, we can take the whole city. Mom was controlling all the slow-mo production and distribution. Rookie, you ready? Yeah. You look ready. Dread, 2012. In a violent, futuristic city where the police have the authority to act as judge, jury, and executioner, a cop teams up with a trainee to take down a gang that deals the reality-altering drug slow-mo. This movie stars Carl Urban, Lena Headey, uh, that the 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 woman who plays Anderson. I can never pronounce her last name. Is it? Oh oh oh, Olivia Thoroughby. Thoroughby, Olivia Thoroughby. Deserves to be By the way, um, nope. Lena Headey, who, you know, those of you who watch Game of Thrones, she plays Cersei. Yep. I did not know that was her until the second time I watched this movie. Really? And I really? had I had already seen at least the first season of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. when I. When I watched this, probably the second too. Uh, so I I recognized her. I mean, I I obviously recognized her from Game of Thrones, but she's also in Three Hundred as uh, the wife of Leonidas. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. She looks really young in this movie. Yeah, she just keeps despite defying... the fact that she's like a drug lord. Yeah, and but she looks really young. It's confusing. It it, <laughs> it is it is confusing. She keeps defying age. Um, yeah. I mean, she does look young. She looks young to begin with. I think she's at least 40, but she's a yes. very attractive, young-looking woman. So let's just, let's just, let's just dive into this. <laughs> Parker's what laughing. You? I don't know why you're laughing about that statement. <laughs> Matt thinks girls are attractive. What a doof. An, an episode How of Enter the Critic that? where Matt talks about a woman he finds attractive in film. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. Hold on. First of all, fuck you. Second of all... Somebody's got to do it, and y'all bastards are married. <laughs> I gotta be the crazy young bachelor. All right, that's. Look I don't even. I don't even know where that voice came from. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Mm, look at the look at the girls in these <laughs> movies, eh? Ooh, Olivia, I'm just. I'm just picturing. <laughs> She's I'm just, a vixen. I'm just, yeah, I'm just picturing Matt sitting in the theater going something for daddy. <laughs> yeah, speaking of giving credit where credit is due, I'm just gonna do that character from now on. What's his name? 
on uh, Comedy Bang Bang. You're looking at me. Parker's the one to be good. <laughs> uh, oh, Dom DeMello. <laughs> like how Parker isn't mic'd for any of this. He's just yeah, shouting gonna be, from across gonna the room. This is going to be a room. real joy to edit up. Uh, they'll get it. They'll figure it they'll out. Figure Our listeners are so smart. So what do you, uh, let's, let's, let's break it down. Well, what do you think? Let's I will say that, that I did I did rewatch Dread this this week this past week because I wanted to get it fresh in my mind to talk about it, and not only did it hold up on second viewing because it was the second time that I saw it, I'd say I maybe enjoyed it better because I came in realizing wow this is actually a a good movie mm-hmm. because the first mm-hmm. time that I watched Dread, I knew very little about it. I knew that it was not successful in the box office. Right. I remember recall seeing a trailer for it maybe once and thinking like, well, that seems unnecessary because it was it was touted as like this is Dread 3D. It was right, right. very much pulling for the whole 3D aspect to get people to come see it, and I just didn't care. And then uh, you know, of course, Michael of Exit the Critic uh, <laughs> came forth with this movie and was like, hey, we we really should watch this. It's actually actually supposed to be really good. I watched it, and yeah, it was great. And and the second viewing, I had that knowledge, and I was still not disappointed. It has a lot of things going for it as an action film. Yes. Um, it's, as we've said before on the show, it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Some of the shots, uh, both just visually with the color palette, and some of the slow motion effects and just some of the some of the camera work is just beautiful almost unnecessarily so right, for right. for what this is which is just a post apocalyptic action movie yeah uh but it's great it makes you appreciate the movie so much more the fact that they go this extra mile to make it look so so good mm-hmm. yeah the um, cinematography is fantastic in it one of my favorite shots that that I really appreciated again on the second watch is a shot where a character, I don't want to spoil, uh, falls from the, the top of this huge skyscraper, which mm-hmm. pretty much the whole movie takes place in. And they do this shot where the, the character is just splattering yeah. against the floor. And you, the camera is situated perhaps under a pane of glass. I don't know. But you're meant to be seeing this character as they're hitting the mm-hmm. floor after right, following, right. I don't know, it's supposed to, like a, it's supposed to be like almost a mile tall, this building. Yeah, something it's, like it's that. some massive... It's, it's huge. 100-story... Not even, not even 100 stories. It's, like, it's a skyscraper it's, in Mega City, which yeah. is just this huge, sprawling city. It's, it's that, basically a city in a building. Yeah. And... Uh, and you see this, you know, it's it's brutal and gory, but it's also kind of beautiful, just the way it's mm-hmm. done and and the way the blood splatters and everything. And I don't even know how they did it. Yeah, there's a lot of shots in this that I'm thinking, you know, because they don't shy away from practical effects. No. Because um, there's a lot of wet work in this movie. Um, but, like like you said, there are some shots where I'm just looking at it going, I have no idea how they did that. Like, I have no idea how they pulled that off. Um, some of the things that I really just loved about this movie. First off, Carl Urban. Carl Urban. If just just in general. If you don't know who Carl Urban is off the bat, his other big role of of recent years, probably well, his other big role period really, is uh Bones. Yep, Bones McCoy. From the Star, Star Trek, Trek reboot yep. movies. 
And just as in those films, he has become like the premier actor when you need someone to deliver some great one-liners. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. he's chock full of them in the Star Trek movies, and he's chock full of them in, in, in this film. And even sometimes it's as simple as him just replying to something with the word, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the way he delivers it is so perfect that you think to yourself, that is so cool, and then you just start bursting out laughing because it's so great. Yep. Um, I love... <laughs> I didn't think a man could grimace so much in a film. Mm-hmm. And the entire time, he does not... I mean, like, like there, there there's not a single time that anyone is winking at the camera. This is not a cheesy comic book film no. for these people. This is, this is an like, it's a pretty gritty action film. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly it has a, a few sci-fi elements and mm-hmm. uh, post-apocalyptic elements, but it's really just a gritty, you know, cop, uh, almost buddy cop film in which they're put in a stressful situation uh-huh. and have yeah. to just fight yeah. their way through it. Um, and I, I just, I just love that Carl, Carl Urban, not, not once does he do anything that I, wouldn't believe the character like that would do like there's no smirk there's no smile at the camera um the other thing that i like and 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 i could see a producer or someone wanting to do this there was no romantic entanglement whatsoever right and and which is the the way you want to go in this type of film um between dread and anderson the 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 rookie that he's training or between uh, anyone. Well, yeah, this is it, a, yeah, between anyone. But specifically, I, I could see uh, in, in, in the hands of a different, you know, filmmaker or just, a, a, you know, a, a different group of people making movies. I could see them being like, well, obviously they're going to be attracted to each other. It's a stressful situation. And they didn't do anything like that no. in this film. It is, like it is absolutely, uh, the relationship is just a, uh, trainer trainee master mm-hmm. apprentice yeah, uh, sort exactly. of thing and yeah that and that's a testament to the to the movie too in that it has these two female characters that they don't do anything that you usually expect when you have two you know female <laughs> two attractive, lead, two, female, two attractive leads. female leads in a movie they don't really over sexualize them at all no they no, don't force them into relationships they don't make them do I don't, a traditional like action movie female tropes of any sort. They, I, mean, I, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything, but um, a, in, in a traditional movie like this, the 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 girl will need to be rescued, and she can't take care of herself. And this movie kind of turns that on its ear. Yeah, you know that that whole that whole idea. Um, and uh, you know, Lena Headey, she plays the the main. Uh, Villain, villain and Mama. she is uh she is ruthless oh yeah she yeah you, is... you 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 buy her instantly as just this like just evil drug lord yeah um one of the things that i've that i've read that people are not happy about this film that i think is actually one of the uh strong points of it is its simplicity a lot of people are judging it on like, oh, it's just it's a, very linear. It's very linear. It's very, very dumbed down. It's and I'm like, it's just, it's not dumbed down. It's just simple. It's not a complicated plot. It has, it's a zero, zero percent body fat film. Yeah, exactly. There's it, nothing in this movie that that doesn't need to be there. Precisely. There's nothing extra. There's no filler. And and I really like that about this, Me too. this movie. Needed to be 
simple and straightforward and that's and and I think that's to its credit and and yeah. a lot of people for some reason are judging it saying like well that makes it dumb. Well I don't there must be a segment of people out there that can't handle a movie that's just a that just takes you on a ride. Right. Because I recall and I've heard this before from people that I know and, and from people online. I I know people that that lob this criticism at truly a bit of a more artsy film but still similar in that it's a roller coaster ride uh children of men yes yes i i have heard people that complain about children of men deducing it to well it's just one big you know it's one big like roller coaster ride it's i've and, heard i've heard it it's, it's just a long chase scene it's, it's yes like, yeah, just, so yeah, it's just a long chase scene and and my response to that is always like so what? Yeah, it's it is a an long, chase awesome, scene. amazing, emotionally gut wrenching, truly beautiful chase scene. Precisely. Why should that factor in to 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 anything that makes it bad? Right. Right. Like, when do you complain about anything like that in life? That way, like, oh well, it was really good, but it was like one thing that happened. Yeah. And it's like so. In, in- <laughs> Instead, does that I mean, make how does that make it bad? Yeah, I, I I don't understand that mentality that every movie needs to be this incredible nuance, multi-jointed these, feature yeah. with subplots and little uh, layer things upon happening layer. and different character studies of different things going on. No, and that criticism is even more absurd for this movie, which is just this doesn't aspire to be anything more than what it is, which is a gritty action film. Yeah, yeah, it's an extremely well done one. Mm-hmm. But nobody's going to be writing dissertations on, yeah. you know, the, the, the dread character just from this film. <laughs> we, we we brought it up. We mentioned it earlier. But, like, n- nobody lays that at the feet of Die Hard, which is one of the greatest action movies ever. Absolutely. And and I, you, you can make a lot of you can draw a lot of parallels between this movie and Die Absolutely. Hard. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's it's. One location. You know, one location stuck in a building. No one's coming to help Outnumbered. you. Outnumbered. And and you got to figure out what you're doing, and, yeah. and the only difference is it's two people compared to to one, um, and a little more of a sci-fi setting in Dread. Uh, the one thing I d- another thing another thing I liked about it, the sci the sci-fi elements were kept to a minimum. Right. I mean, there is an element of a psychic, uh, you know, element to you know the a- Anderson can read minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does take place in this dystopian future, but like, other than the weapon he uses, the the lawbringer, the the pistol, uh, that he can like talk to to tell it to give different know, modes, different, you know, different modes of ammunition. Nothing's really that future. It's it's not like they're in Star Trek. It's not no. like they're in this super real, like well, super I, futuristic world. And you know, I think that's that is. I I have not read any of the Dread comics extensively. I've seen no, a few panels here I. and there. But I, I think that's true to the comic, which is, this is in the future, but it's a ruined future. Well, it... A very industrial in the sense of, well, we're scraping together what we can to keep going, and we're just merging everything together in just these huge industrial complexes. And it's not... I get the impression that technology is not moving forward at a blistering pace in this future. Because it's just so slummy and crappy. Yes. Um, now, kind of uh, in that vein, um, because I knew that ne- neither one of us had read the comics. I mean, I've I've have a cursory knowledge due to reading some of the Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, but my my only knowledge of Dread was from 
the Judge Dread that came out in '95 uh, that I saw when I was a kid, and then some of my comic book fan friends' complaints of that movie. But like beyond that, I knew nothing about it. Right. So I uh, contacted uh, a gentleman by the name of Aaron Duran from a podcast uh, called Geek in the City. Um, and also he was on a, uh, a podcast that is no longer uh, up and running called uh, The Court and Fatboy Show, um, which I was a fan of. That's where I first heard him. And he is a comic book uh, expert and um, writer of uh, and creator of uh, a comic book called La Brohem. I contacted him as a comic book expert and I, and I I've, I'm friends with him on Facebook so I've read some of his thoughts uh, in the past on Dread so I knew he liked the movie and so I just said hey uh, could you give me your thoughts of this film from an, you know a comic book standpoint uh, and he sent me um, a couple paragraphs here I'm gonna post the whole the whole uh, uh, quote on our Facebook page for those who want to read the whole thing. But I'm just going to read an excerpt here. Dread works the second time out because everyone involved, from the writer to the director to the brilliant performances, all believed in the source material. It's really the only way comic book adaptations work in the grand scheme. Stick with what makes a character popular for decades on end, and you have a winner. The director and Carl Urban were both confident in the source material and the performance to know Carl should never take his helmet off. That is dread. Period. Yes. So and I yeah yeah I, he goes he goes on like I said I'm going to put the whole the whole quote up here but he goes on to to talk about the the differences between this one and the '95 Stallone performance. The other thing I wanted to bring up here uh, he also says and I quote it also works because dread isn't saving the country world or even the city everything is in one building it it, it really sounds like this film really uh stuck with the source material compared to um, the 95 one, which apparently didn't stick to the source material at all. Well, yeah. I mean, we were talking earlier about the whole the whole thing where they, they strayed away from giving him some sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. And right. I, I know that that's true because I know that in the comics he's pretty much willing, willfully, like, celibate. He... he Staves off all relationships, romantic, mm, right. uh, and like sexual exploits whatsoever, because he's so he's such a devoted servant of the law mm-hmm. that he doesn't want those th- any of those things to be a distraction. Right. So to to so to force in or shoehorn some kind of like attraction or relationship would be a, an extreme betrayal of the character, mm-hmm. which I can't even remember the Stallone version, but I think there is a relationship there. Um, I just recently some watched sort. the Stallone version for just because. Um, and I, I think I fell asleep during part of it. <laughs> um, no, the, the, there there isn't. Okay. Um, but what makes what what makes the '95 version so awful is it's almost. I mean, at that point in '95, really the only comic book films we had were you know the Burton's Batman. And I think Batman Returns had come out at that point as well. But what, what, like one of my big complaints is the movie looks too ridiculous. The the Judge Dredd outfit in the um, Stallone version 
looks like something that would be appropriate for a comic book character and would look good in comic book form. But it's just too But when audacious. you take it yeah. to the real world form, it looks so ridiculous, so over the top, and just so... Like, nobody would ever wear something like that. In, 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 in this dread, the uniform doesn't look that much like the pictures I've seen online of the, the comic book, except for the helmet. Right. But everything else looks like functional and used. Like, it looks hard-worn. Where in the Stallone version, all the it's all shiny and 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 it looks brand new. Uh, well, and, and the 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 suit in Dread is very tactical. Like right. it's it doesn't look like there's a lot of ornamentation like the the old one with Stallone. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of like pockets and compartments and and armor. There are some little details where like the the I think it's a wing or a, of an eagle. In, in the original, is this yeah. gigantic thing. It's just this little, little thing. Because, you know, a, a uniform would have some ornaments on it, but nothing that insane. Right. <laughs> but Yeah, I, I just can't rave enough about this film. Because uh, I just, I really liked it. <laughs> it was just so good. Um, and I, I honestly can't think any part that needs to go. Like you said before, it's a, it's a zero body fat film. There's nothing in this movie that needs to be to be cut out or should should have been uh uh downplayed. I mean, right. the, the violence was in your face. Um I mean, it it earned that R rating. Um and the other thing I like about it, 95 minutes, short and sweet. I mean, yep. A, a lot of movies we're getting to the point where I mean, how long was was uh Dark Knight Rises. I was like, I was pushing uh, I three was, hours. Uh, it was two forty-five. Like I thought it was. Two, I thought, well, okay, but still, it's it's nice to see a, a, a nice, you know, hour and a half movie. That's just it is what it is, and and actually, that's you're it. right. Two hours and forty-five minutes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I thought yep. it, it felt long. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's slap a rating on this bad boy. Oh. I will give Dread a point nine out of point nine three. Ooh, ooh! I am the law. Okay, <laughs> okay. That that beats. I didn't quite finish the W. That 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 signify that I didn't quite get the one. Okay, well that that beats mine. What's what's yours? I was I was gonna say uh, I'm I'm gonna give it uh, nine out of ten uh, hot shots. I do love the hot shot? I love all the. I I the, really want that gun. The gun is the gun is so so, so great. Cool. And then I could. Well, I don't want to give that part away. <laughs> uh, just a just a quick side side promotion. If you have never seen. The Onions uh, Supreme Court death penalty video. Go go online sometime and watch it. Uh, I, I'm always reminded of it whenever I talk about Judge Dredd because there's a portion of it where the Supreme Court ju- it's basically just a, a news story where they have like the court pictures or whatever. Right. And at one point, all of the Supreme Court justices go around saying, "I am the law. I am the law," <laughs> and they're like holding their gaffles like guns. That's great. It's it's really really funny. So, all right, well, that about wraps it up for us here on Editor the Critic. Uh, Wrap it 
tap, tap. As always, want to thank uh, Eric Trivia of the Eric Trivia Podcast Network for hosting us, uh, home of the uh, great Ninjas versus Podcast uh, Arrivals. show, uh, a, a podcast where they uh, kind of debate questions that you, the listener, send in. It's very funny. It's eh, just it's a bunch it of dumb stuff. Uh, just a lot of pun. If, if you're if you're a big fan of pun humor, forget about it. <laughs> that wasn't a pun. I, 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 yeah, but they say puns and stuff. I, yeah, I don't, I'm I, not good at pun humor. Not, I'm not, you know. Uh, and also, uh, hopefully by now, Eric and Sarah's magical fun cast will have gotten to interviewing me. We've interviewed Parker. So is that on the docket? Uh, no, but I'd like it to oh, be. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, I'm sure they have a long lineup, so you should just button that line. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm holding I'm holding out hope against hope. Um, also, want to thank uh, Bobby Roberts for the use of our theme song off the Geek Remixed albums. You can get that at geeksremix.com for free. Doing, for free. Doing, I'm gonna beat you to the punch this time. Is he doing bastard. all right? It's free. I, I just want to know. It's free. He, I just want to know. I don't, he, I don't know. I don't know the man. Is personally. he doing all right? All right, my only contact with him was I, I know I they're free folks, but you should really send some money that man's way. I if if people start sending him money, he's going to be really confused because it's not like we talk. Parker, <laughs> didn't you see that picture that he sent us with with his poor dog? It's just amazing. With, I, I love that because Parker can't. I also want to thank I also want to thank uh, Aaron Duran for taking time out of his busy schedule yes, to you, write uh, to write me this. Uh, <laughs> It, it's actually a couple paragraphs. So we, gonna, like we I said, I'm going to post the whole thing onto our Facebook page. So please check it out. We really need more ec- experts on yeah. this show. Yeah. <laughs> we need more expert opinions. Starting with movie experts. Hey, whoa, can... whoa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Chris. I'm You're clearly a movie expert. I, I mean, I'd like to think Could I teach am. a freaking PhD course on it. My, my, my wife tells me I am when she wants me to feel better about myself. <laughs> Oh, Pookie, you're good she at She's never called me Pookie. Oh, uh, but Pookie. no, I'm, uh, like I said, I'm going I'm to put that up on our Facebook page. And speaking of our Facebook page, you should check that out. Like us on Facebook. Review us on like iTunes. It twice. Uh, tell a friend. Share. Uh, yeah, <laughs> create several hey, yeah. fake accounts. Create a I bunch of care. fake accounts and like it. Nobody go does. go to your local Apple store and go to all, all of the devices and hit... Uh, like and rate and review us on iTunes. I don't care if they're not. Yeah, it <laughs> It'll doesn't matter if our fame is legit, just as long as it gives us a sense of self-fulfillment. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's okay. fine with me. So, yep, uh, sh- share it with a friend. Get some other people to listen to this, because it just make me feel better. <laughs> so. All right. Well, uh, until next time, I'm Chris Klund. I am the love. <laughs> we'll see you next time.